Hi, everybody. Hello. I'm Mary. I'm Jerry. And welcome to the Mary, Mary and Jerry, Jerry podcast. podcast. <laughs> On this podcast, there is nothing off limits. That's true. We talk about marriage and family. Life and love. Um, exciting and new. Come aboard. I don't know. That's just what came into my mind. We're expecting you on the Mary and Jerry podcast. Wow. And if you were wow. alive in the 70s. Would you, would you have been Julie, the cruise director? I, I totally I, I am I, Julie, the cruise director from too. the Love Boat. Yes. Yeah. yes By the I way, am. fun fact. Did you know that Gopher was actually a Republican congressman from Iowa in the nineteen uh, late 1980s, early 1990s? In the early 1990s, yes. I know. I, Who would I have was thought? aware of that. Congressman Gopher. And for those of you that are listening to the podcast and have no idea what we're talking about. That's okay. It's, it's okay. Just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Fred Grandy from Iowa. He was yes. a congressman and he was also he was a good gopher on the love boat. Anyway, okay. I don't know. That just came into my mind. Very new way to introduce the podcast. Wow, it's, uh, we're yeah, so glad you're here. Thoughts. Because today we're talking about all the big feels. You know how much I love to talk about my feelings, right, honey? We're talking about emotions. Yeah, yes. I love those too. And you have them. I have two, maybe three. <laughs> no, you actually have more than that. You just don't acknowledge them. That's the same thing, right? <laughs> no. If I ignore them, they don't exist. Well, so you'd like to think. However, as the one who has lived with you for 35 years, yes. they do indeed Are you going to exist. try to tell me that I have big feels? You have a lot of big feels. Like every regard. time, okay, okay, my personal pet peeve today, again, today, it's happening with alarming frequency that when we go to Mass, the recessional hymn is, Oh God, Beyond All Praising. It? It's, like the, it's like the flavor of the month or okay. something. Let's explain the history of Oh God, Beyond All Praising. Like, come on, guys. The reason why Jerry has such big emotions that include the welling of the eyes and possible drippage from the corner of the eyes is because that is the song that we walked our daughter out of the church in her casket. Which means it's funeral. like retiring a jersey. You can't play that. that Are you that. equating our daughter's death and burial with retiring a jersey? No, I'm saying for that hymn, it's like retiring a jersey. You can't play that hymn anymore as a recessional oh, okay. hymn. I was unsure because where Because it was played at our daughter's funeral, it will never get more... Um, uh, esteem than that. So just let's just retire that hymn. <laughs> but it's a beautiful hymn, and it's this. It's the fourth verse that always gets you, right? If our day should be one of ill or sorrow, that God will give us the strength to overcome and to uh, find joy, because He is, oh God, beyond all praising. He is. We praise Him in the morning. We praise Him in the laughter. We praise Him in the good times. We praise Him in the bad times. Which is why this song was was chosen. It's chosen at a lot of weddings as well. So, um, but this morning, as we were at mass, oh my gosh, seriously, at a wedding, I'm yes, done. it was I'm at done. Tori, it was at Tori's uh, wedding. It was. It was. <laughs> Seriously. But it's just, it's a very emotional song for Jerry because um, it it's it's just, it's almost as if our daughter is there with us saying, hey guys, I just want you to know I was here today. I love you. I'm doing some good things for the Lord. And uh, I know you might be struggling with something, but um, I'm never far from your thoughts. I'm, I'm always in your heart. So, and that's exactly what I said to you today. And I, I kind of laughed because after the week we've had, I'm like, you realize your daughter is just know, saying to you. I know. Seriously. Right. Okay. So let's talk about our emotions. Do we have to? Yes. Um, okay. 
Now, wait a minute. Hold we, on. Let's be, let's back up because you have to have the full context. Why are we, why have we chosen this particular topic, honey? Because besides the fact that you love to talk about your emotions. Okay. We chose this topic and it is a we. It's not the royal we as in Mary chose it for us. It's the we as in you and I together yes, in but- communication sharing our hearts. You're doing a lot of time justifying. I'm just trying to give the back <laughs> Because story. yesterday Thank I you. was asked to give a talk at a lovely parish here in um, in the Virginia area. That's and actually on the edge of a Civil War battlefield, which is pretty cool. It's one cool. of Jerry's places, uh, favorite mm-hmm. places to visit. And I was asked to give a talk about anxiety, about grief, about our emotions, especially as women, and how sometimes they roll over us like a bus. And how is it that we as Christians can sort of fight that? Right. Very light and fluffy topics for a women's morning of reflection. That's what you get. And when I started the talk, I always start this particular talk, because I've given this before in, in variations, with if there is breath in your body, there is work for you to do. Let me give you the rest of the story. And then the Holy Spirit took over. Okay. So I have learned that I do not ever look at my honey lambs, talk outlines, talk notes, or actual talk. Um, Because per standard operating procedure... um, The Holy Spirit has his way. She didn't follow it at all. (laughs) Now, I was fine with this because I didn't know it. I'm just sitting in the back of the room... Looking good, getting ready to sell books, because that's what I do when Mary goes to give a local talk. I sit there, I look pretty, I smell smell books, I sell books, I I smile, <laughs> I you hope know. You don't smell them. Maybe. Well, you know. Um so and I and I've learned never to never to just say, have are you ready? Do you have your notes you're ready to do your talk? She's like, Yes. Okay. So yesterday she gave this talk, and I'll let her talk about the talk, but I'm gonna talk about the talk too. It was a really great talk. I mean, it was it was it was one of her better talks. And I said, you need to just bag and tag this bad boy and, and keep it on the shelf. Because so says my agent. The, I, I said, this is great. And then she's like, oh, well, you know, that's totally not what I was going to say. And I said, well, you could, okay, you didn't have to tell me that. You could have said, great, honey, had it, had it planned that way all along. Because I did notice toward the end, which is what happens when my honey lamb goes off script and lets the Holy Spirit, she never knows how to land the plane. So I'm sitting there and it's been about 45, it's actually been about 50 minutes. And I'm like, at this point, I have figured out <laughs> that the Holy Spirit that is she over. is totally improv all of this. And I'm just like, oh. I didn't improv. I just told stories. I, I'm like, okay, she has no idea how to land the plane. So I start giving her the signal, which those of you on YouTube can see. It's like the plane it's literally landed. landing a plane. I like land the plane. So she's like, she she's going on with another story. And then she's like, so in summation, I'm going to leave you with these three things. <laughs> and then she sums them up, which I'll let her talk about. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, amen. Which is like her standard, standard, I'm done now. I'm done now. Amen. Yeah. And they're like, Amen. Amen. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> she landed the plane you let it yet again. So <sighs> that's my perspective. Of, we talked about. Yes. Well, it was a room full of women. So we specifically talked about, yes, you, um, women's emotions, right? And how we, um, we tend, the, the world, the secular world says we are controlled by them that we are just constantly controlled by them, which is a lie. We are not. And we can choose not to be controlled by them. Um, but a lot of women in this room had dealt with, partic- in particular, anxiety, 
hardship in relationships with children, adult children, and so forth, death of spouse and death of child. So I was talking to a very specific group of people that had already experienced immense loss. Okay. And you most of them to get those. How is that? Well, because I've experienced immense loss and I sort of know how to make them laugh and make I them know. cry. Oh my gosh. I was watching because the event organizers were very smart and per direction from Mary, they um, had Kleenex boxes on all the tables so that everybody could, um, you know, uh, laugh, cry, blow their nose, whatever they needed to do. So, um, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So, um, so we started with, I started with that, that saying, if there's breath in your body, there's work for you to do. Because many of the women in the room, I would say about half the room are in their sixties and seventies, right? They're, they're looking at, they're in the, the fourth quarter of their life, right? They're looking at the last two minutes. Wow. And yes, it's a football analogy. That, Thank you. The last two minutes. Uh, let's hope I'm it's not getting the two minute warning here, baby. <laughs> it's a two minute warning. I got, uh, yeah, I need like Not a, us, but them. Anyway, well, and then the other half of the room was, you know, in their 20s, 30s, 40s. It's a good group of, of young women. So the reason why I think it's important for us to talk about emotions is because, you know, our intellect is what we have that we get to take to heaven. Right, we take our intellect and our correct? soul, and oh, yes, and our soul. But if correct me if I'm wrong, that's all we take: our intellect and our soul. Right. So, and not then, our emotions, which not is our a emotions. fine thing. <laughs> so, the point of me of us kind of having this kind of conversation about emotions and emotional well-being and we're going to dip into a little bit of grief and a little bit of anxiety and that sort of thing and how men and women handle it differently um very differently uh i i just i i wanted to encourage these women and i get this question a lot mary how can you be so at peace or so joyful when you have faced some of the things you face we face addiction in our marriage we have buried a child we've buried parents we've um had financial difficulties and tragedies. We've, you know, walked through cancer with friends and, and family and all of this stuff, which is life, right? But we've had more our than fair, our, fair, <laughs> our share. fair share. I'm not going to say more than our fair share because only God gets to decide that. Okay. Thank you. So um, we've had a lot and we've, and, and we've been through some shizazzle. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's talk about Shazazz. Let's talk about understanding our emotions from a biblical perspective. What do you say? Let's start there. Okay, sure. So in Genesis 1, verse 27, it says, So God created humankind in his image, and the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So when God created me, and he created you, and he created Adam and Eve and everybody else, he gave us our personality and our emotional spectrum. Our emotional. I think in your case, he didn't necessarily follow the instructions. He put a little extra sprinkle or two of personality in there because you got a lot of sass. <laughs> I do. I have a lot of stuff. You know how too. you cook with garlic and you're like, yes. it says a tablespoon of garlic. And you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> and you throw in about three tablespoons That's of garlic. That's my personality you're, in yes, a dish. You're like three yes. tablespoons of personality where the recipe calls Well, God for did one. that with you when it came to honor and service. He gave you a lot of it. Oh, well, More than you. the average bear. You don't think he gave me too many emotions? 
Oh, I think he gave you beautiful emotions. And I love it when you actually allow the Holy Spirit to work within your emotions. And I get to see them. And not very many people get to see them. I can count on my hand who gets to see you in an emotional state. That's true. And some of them are dead. So, you know. Well, yes, but some are still alive. Some are still alive. Okay, so carry on. Okay. So if God made us and he made us with these personalities and these uh, this emotional bank, then why would you say you're too much or that's too much emotion or that's, why would you judge that? Has anybody ever told you you're too much? Oh, please. Every darn day of my that life. That was a rhetorical question. I know. But see, why would, why do we say that? Because why is it too much? Well, it's not too much. It's that you, uh, what was it? So what was it? Somebody called you, you're a big walking heartbeat or something yeah. like that. You don't, you don't, you don't hide your emotions. I'm not afraid of my emotions. You're not afraid of your emotions. Some of us, we just tamp that, th- that stuff down. Now that doesn't mean, and the reason why I can say that now is because number one, I've been through a lot of therapy. So let's be very clear. Number two, I've been through a lot of things that are very large, life-changing, hard things to go through. And one of the reasons why we you and I walk through the addiction of pornography and I walk through the addiction to food is because we were not dealing with the emotions. We were tamping them down and we were putting them aside and we were basically just trying to survive. Right. And those emotions felt too big, too scary, too much. And they would, they, it felt like they were going to, they were the Titanic that was going to bring us down. They were the glacier that was just going to cut us in half. Emotions can be scary. They, They can be, but I don't, I want to really encourage our listeners, especially, to not be afraid of those emotions because God gave them to you. Like, there's such a thing as righteous anger. Like, you, if you were hurt or you or somebody you love was hurt, there's a reason why you feel angry. And that's not something, that's not a sin. That's not something to be ashamed of, right? If there's, if you're feeling shame, okay, let's look at the root of shame. The root of shame is, is sin, right? There is something that either you did or something that someone said that you did, right? Because it can come from outside of us. And now we're embarrassed and we feel shame when we don't feel worthy. Well, what is the antidote to that? So the church has two sacraments in particular that are antidotes to these things. The first is baptism, right? Because in baptism, we're infused with the Holy Spirit. We're infused with all of his his gifts and all of his fruits. They're all there. Right. Okay, and then you have the sacrament of confirmation, which calls forth those gifts of the Holy Spirit. Correct. And in between that, you've got the Eucharist that feeds us, and you've got confession that cleans us. Okay. So we're nice and tidy Catholics, (laughs) right? Tidy Catholics. Right. So if we believe that we are made in the image and likeness of God, then and we are given our emotions by God, then they're not something to be afraid of. Okay. So my question to you, Jerry, is um, how do you, when the big feels come, what steps do you take to kind of not be afraid of them, to transform your mind or change your perspective or what have you when those emotions come for you? <laughs> Go ahead. Be honest. It's a trick question. No. Um, well, that's where you have to, I believe the phrase you use all the time is you have to um, use I don't remember exactly how you phrase it. Use your intellect to control your emotions and and get you to action. Because the one thing that is definitely true about emotions is if they 
get too wild and out of control, they can literally paralyze you, right? And you're just like, you know, you, you don't know what to do, so you don't do anything. Yeah. And as I have told a certain individual who shall go unnamed in my life. Um, That's me. Not If you have difficulty making a choice, not making a choice is making a choice. It's still a choice, yep. Right? You, you have to make a choice. Otherwise, the choice will be made for you, and then you're stuck. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's and and that has been my challenge for a very long time is um it's to understand the emotion, name the emotion, and then try, try, and I and I will use the word try because sometimes I am more successful than others, to master the emotion or at least figure out a way in my intellect um how how to deal with it. Because as you also tell me, not that we discuss our big feelings a lot with each other. Uh-huh. And I think we talked about this a little bit in our um in our marriage. We've talked about it in our marriage our, our challenges. Marriage, our and we've talked challenges about it. And before. other things is yeah. uh oftentimes when you display one emotion, like you always say, so for men, uh the emotion is always anger. Um there's there's not always, but pert near always an underlying issue that you really don't want to deal with, so you bury it over with big emotions. Right. So they say, professionals say, not Mary and Jerry say, in what in some of the books that we have read, that when men are, when they are angry all the time, it is a major sign in a man that he's anxious and depressed, right? Anger is how you show it. A woman, when she's anxious and depressed, she takes to her bed. She takes to the bed. She takes to the bed. She takes right? to the bed. And so that's that's sometimes the difference between men and women when they're dealing with things like anxiety, uh, depression, and things of that nature. And, and we have certainly dealt with that uh, in our marriage. I know for myself, it's a very common fact. I take a, uh, a very low dose of anxiety medication because it helps keep my blood pressure in check and it, and through menopause and perimenopause and Courtney's death and all the things I needed some help. Like my body chemistry, my body was saying, was telling me what my mind couldn't wrap itself around. That is, um, that is something that I have definitely become very aware of in the last few years that I probably wasn't aware of younger because I was younger is (laughs) that your emotional health is and I'm sure everybody's going to go, well, no kidding, dude. But that's okay, because maybe you're smart enough to learn it. I was not. Your emotional health has a very great effect on your physical health, yeah, right? Um, we look at each other sometimes, not going to lie, because we're brutally honest on the show, and we go, why are we tired all the time? Well, we're not really tired. We're just anxious. We're upset. You know, there's some some event in the, or a situation, or a situation mm-hmm. that is emotionally roiling us. See, I can use that word "royal," mm-hmm. um, and we're not sure how to deal with it yet, or maybe we haven't discussed it with each other yet. But we've both experienced the situation, so we both have our own emotions. So we basically just go, "Man, my butt's dragging. I'm tired. Why are you tired? Well, I didn't sleep last night. Why didn't you sleep last night?" And then the conversation, and then the conversation really starts. Right? I mean, for me, it is most definitely um, tied to. Um, getting a good night's sleep, which, you know, when you reach a certain age is pretty tough anyway. Right, honey? Yes, dear. But um, how about- I mean, I can get a good eight hours of sleep. It might take me three nights, but I can get a good eight (laughs) hours of sleep. (laughs) So- you know, when we're talking about this, the all of these emotions that come over us that sort of like they run away, 
with us. Like they carry us away, right? Run, Especially run, run, run for away. women going through the change of season, right? And perimenopause and menopause. This becomes very, very challenging for us because our body and our horm- hormones are out of whack. And we literally feel like we cannot control anything. And You're it like just, a teenager with gray hair. Yeah. Your emotions are all out of whack and you got a lot of big feels. I do. And you have been, thankfully, thank you. I will publicly thank you. Mm-hmm. I would say 95% of the time you have been incredibly understanding. You know the tone of my voice and you know that, okay, this is not Mary being upset with me. This is Mary having a hormonal wash. And Have we told the famous life-saving story? That I, I think we did. Okay. But- um. We can tell it again, certainly. I do love the famous life, life-saving story. So during one of these moments, and let's let's just say- gentle- I was in the kitchen. Gentlemen, you will learn to recognize the yes. signs. Like well, wh- I think we've shared this before, but I was in the kitchen chopping an onion, and I began to have a hot flash. Oh, yeah. Like my sweaty, gross, hot flash. My heart's pounding. And, and, <laughs> and I'm standing there, <laughs> still- silent because if you don't On move the Serengeti. they won't see you my son comes in i don't know what the heck he was doing but he started having a discussion he just, yeah he was asking like mom why are you sweating what's wrong and i then, don't understand and then and then you know which only sort of poked the bear and i just walked up behind him and i put my hand on his shoulder and i said be quiet and come with me if you want to live and I started backing him up into the living room, and he didn't want to come. And I'm like, "Back up now!" He didn't if you understand what was live. going on, yeah. Because I could see that Mary was getting more and more agitated. And he comes out, and he's like, "Dad, I don't understand what's going on." With I said, "Son, your mom is having a hot flash." What's the deal with the hot? Flesh? I said, "Son, <laughs> this your mom is having a hot flash. We will stay out here until she comes until out here. she is done with the hot flash." Mm-hmm. Or I will, I will not be responsible for planning your funeral. <laughs> and five ca- minutes later, she comes out and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so mama. And I'm just like, and then he's like, what just happened? I'm totally confused. I said, <laughs> I said son, when you get married, should you be married? Yeah. Blessed to be married for a very Which long time. Is, yeah. For a very long time. Oh, well, yeah, they're not there yet. <laughs> you will find out. Yes. I said, just, hmm. Yes. It was, and there have been other times when we've been out in public and you be, you look at me and you see the little beads of sweat that start around the, my eyes and you're like, and you literally come up to me with like a bulletin or something and you just start fanning me. You're like, how you doing? I'm like, oh my gosh, I am going to like, I, I just, mean, I can see. I it's like one of those old mercury through. thermometers with yes. like the little red thing. And I, I'm just watching like the, the red move up her body. And, and I just, just want to like, like strip off all my clothes and run through the sprinklers like that's or get stuck in a beef freezer. That's pretty much what I feel yes. like. I mean, seriously, you're the only person who could stand naked in Antarctica during a hot flash and, and still be and sweat. Yeah, yes. exactly. I'm like, what? But that's OK. So talking about your emotions later in life, that becomes part of the profile, right? Yeah, okay. you got a profile. All right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do at the local Anyways, that wasn't very funny at the local police station because I go cray cray. But no, that's not funny. Anyways. All right. So if we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image and likeness of Christ, then how can we as women and men transform our minds in those moments when we feel like they're getting carried away? So you have your intellect. Right. Right. At the top of the tier. 
Your intellect informs your emotions because we don't act without our emotions. Our emotions are like the engine that makes us go, right? And as for women, I feel like our emotions are our superpower because that's where, that's where we do our best work, right? We're empathetic. We serve. Um, and it's, and it's our emotional connection to people and our vulnerability with people that allows us to do those things. So emotions are a beautiful thing. Right. When they are kept in context. Right. When they so are if, used for good. And right. Not so you evil. have your, your intellect, then your emotions, and then you have that drives you into action. Your body moves. Right. right. And that leads you to results. That is the plan. That is the plan. And sometimes that gets a little scrambly rambly, especially up at the top. Scrambly right. rambly. So what okay. one of the things Jerry and I have started doing how many years ago now? Five, six? I don't know. Many years ago. Is um praying for our emotional health. Okay. That's part of our daily prayer life. And one of the scriptures that we read is Romans 12, two, that says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And that has really, really helped. Because when I get stuck in those places that you say that I'm like a donkey looking at two bales of hay and I can't make a decision because I'm overwhelmed with the choices and my emotions are running amok, you know, you're like, Mary, pick a bale of hay. You've got to make a choice, right? I have to step into action because action is what gets you out of that emotional horrificness. Right. Well, and here's the, here's the secret. It really doesn't matter which choice you make as long as you make a choice, because guess what? You're going to have to, you know, improvise, adapt, <laughs> overcome. So, but literally the worst thing in the world is you just stand there and overthink it. That's me to a T. And, and then, like I said, not making a choice is a choice. And then you're going to go, well, crap, I should have done that. Well, right. yeah, but you didn't want to choose. Because be we want to be intentional. We want to interact with our life. We don't want to react to our life. Well... I hate to tell you, dear, we spent a lot of time reacting to our life. That was called the emergency room. Well, yes. And hospitals. So ideally, you're being proactive and not reactive. The reality is, eh. Sometimes you're going to be reactive. But that's, yeah. to external, ex that's to external forces that you have no control over. I'm talking about like in our home and in our family life, in our marriage. One of the things we learned was when we started to pray this, we would ask God in the middle of an emotional situation, right. God, what is true? Well, what is yes. good? Right. And the Holy Spirit would always direct us in that. And we would know, oh, this is not true. Like the lies that I'm listening to that are taking my emotions and, and making me feel less than or not enough or too dumb or too fat or whatever the heck it is. Or not a good mother, not not a good sister, not a good daughter, not a good wife, whatever. Whatever that is. When right. you listen to the snake. Right. Right. When you listen to Satan who whispers into your ear and gets you all scrambly rambly. That's my your new word. favorite word of the day. It is my word of the day. Get y'all scrambly rambly. Because if Satan can keep you in chaos and confusion, if he can keep your butt seated on that sofa and in action, then he wins. Well, that's true because it's it's very easy to wallow. I would you say that you and I have a pension for wallowing? We don't necessarily put pension and wallowing in the same sentence, but yes. Well, what I mean is we, we No, have a, it's a it's a correct uh, usage, just oh. like pension and then wallowing. Oh. <laughs> 
you know. I thought I used the word those right. Those were grammatically correct. Thank you. Okay. We I have just, we have a pension to wallow. We uh, we we can do that really well. We yeah. are great martyrs. True. We are great martyrs of our own decisions. Oh yeah, absolutely. We should put that on a T-shirt. Great martyr <laughs> of my own decisions. Right, because um, we're yeah. like, why did we do that? Was stupid. Who thought that was a good idea? It's usually you know, me. That could be another name for our our autobiography memoir. Who thought Who that, thought that was, was a good, a good idea? idea? Instead of well, that didn't, didn't go, go as, as planned. planned. <laughs> right? Well, that's well, that didn't go as planned. That could we'll be, be the, the sequel. The sequel. <laughs> yeah. Who thought that was a good? Idea? Who thought that was a good idea? And then you're standing there going, "I, I did. I, did. I thought it was a good idea. That was a crash that's and like burn." Me, me, I let the dogs out. Yes. You know? <laughs> or what is it? The song. Uh, Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Yes. So the prayer you just has been had helpful. had to slip that in there, <laughs> didn't you? Because it drives you crazy. You just had to do that. Okay. okay. So how do we transform our minds? We ask God what is true, right? We, sh- we shift our, our priority, right? We flip the script. These are all things that we say to one another. Hey, have you flipped the script? You know, take the coin, flip it on the other side. What's the worst thing that can happen? Oh, now, you know, when you ask me that, Mm -hmm. mm, or we could pick another line from my favorite movie. So you've got emotions and actions. You've got with action, without action, (laughs) with action, without action. Are you with me? Are you with me? me? Without me. What is that? Day and night or something? Day and night. Tom Tom Cruise and um, uh, whatever. Cameron. Cameron Diaz. Diaz. Um, An underappreciated movie with some great Mm one-liners. With me, without Without me. me. With me, without me. And you'll do that. You'll look at me and you'll be like, are you with me? Are you without me? With me, without me. Right. So, yeah. But I think with us in in kind of learning to Okay, let's let's walk through a real life example. Oh, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> we have so many to choose from. Yeah. All right, let's see. So, big emotion. Okay? The decision uh of Courtney and her hospice care. Lots of emotions, right? We go to the doctor. The doctor says, there's nothing else we can do for you. I recommend hospice. Hospice, hospice could take three weeks. Hospice could, hospice could take three months. It could take a year. We don't know, but there's nothing else we can offer you. We just need to make her comfortable. Her body is shutting down. Right. All the things. Okay. Come out of that hospital, that doctor's visit. Okay. And you have to process, right? Yep. And so my processing is usually, you know, the middle finger to the doctor to say, no, you're wrong. She's going to be fine. It's all going to be Which fine. Which is kind of hard when the doctor gave you a big hug before we left. Because <laughs> it was like our neurologist for the last, uh, you know, 10 years. 14. 14, 14 years. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I got in the car and I was all like determined. And I'm like, no, this, is, this can't be the end. Da 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 da. And Jerry looked at me and he's like, okay, we've got to walk this. This is a big one, Mary. We've got to walk through this. And I'm like, all sassy, like, you walk through this. I'm not walking through this. My daughter is going to live. That, you know, all that stuff. And you just let me go. You just let me like do my sideline pacing as I'm trying to coach God. Throw the clipboard, throw down the headset, <laughs> kick over the water cooler. <laughs> and I'm trying to tell God, no, 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 no. And so all the way home, this is in Georgetown, so it takes us a while to get home. Courtney's sound asleep in the back in her wheelchair, sound asleep. She's learned to ignore her, her parents. parents. And, and, and I'm yeah. not yelling, but I'm just like, there's a lot of emotion coming out of me. And you're just 
the silence of the lambs. You're just like quiet. And we pull into the, into the, in front of the house and I start to cry. And you just look at me and you said, Mary, what was the prayer we always prayed? I don't remember the exact phrase. And basically that she wouldn't die in hospital. She would be at home. She when would, the end came. right. When the end came that we would have her at home, but also that God would, would, would be loud and clear. Yeah. It God is would end. give us a sign yeah. that it was the end so that we could be, we could start preparing. And ourselves. we could walk her home. Right. With everything that we could do for her to make her comfortable, um, to make sure her soul was well cared for, her body was well cared for, that our family, you, me, Jonathan, right. the four of us were well, as well cared for as we could be in that decision. And right. so you looked at me and you simply asked me that question. And I, I was crying and I kept crying and I'm like, dang you for asking me that question. Don't ask me that. Don't, don't say that to me. Like, because that was the truth. The truth was we had been praying for this moment. And now it was here. And, now and as had, usual, it does not show up in the manner in which we prayed for it. Not ever. But it was pretty loud and clear. It was loud and clear. And so we we did our due diligence. We opted to create sort of our own hospice program with our dear friend, Dr. John, and his wife um, as our guides. Um, because Courtney's situation was very unique. She didn't have cancer. She wasn't in pain. Um, no morphine was needed. We didn't need nurses' help because we were caring for her ourselves. And, and I had been for 22 years. Right. So it was just a matter of taking care of our emotional and spiritual needs, really, um, toward the last three months of her life. So we went through the first round of emotion. And what do you think the second round was in those three months? Oh, I could answer this in any number of ways. So the second round was sort of the emotion of saying goodbye. Right. I that, as For me, because that's when we had- But even before that, as we're, you mean for the family to come to say goodbye? Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, you obviously had something before. Oh, I the, thought you meant sort of toward the end of us saying goodbye to her. No, no, that was when, you know, we- That was a lot of reconciliation. There was a lot of reconciliation. My parents came out to visit- you know, your mom spent a lot of time here. Our friends came. Gone, our yeah. friends came over. My brothers, you know, their families, there, I, and there was just a lot of big feels, mm -hmm. um, because you know everybody knew on a certain level, and everybody had to deal with it on their own level that they knew they were saying goodbye. Right for it's most the last of time them, they would see her. that would be the last time they would see her. And it was always that thing that was in the room, but nobody ever talked about, right? We all knew intellectually all knew. that yeah. Courtney would probably predecease us. Oh, we knew. Well, I mean, you and I did, but like our family and friends and stuff, like they all, everybody knew. And every once in a while, we would sort of open the door to that and well, talk about I don't it. I if they knew. They in, intellectually, they yeah. might have known, but emotionally, that was nobody was it, touching it. That was when it hit them that that time was. Now. Now. Yeah. It, it wasn't, you know, 10 years down the road. It was now. And our job in that situation, I think, was sort of shepherding them. You know, our own grief was separate from that. Our own Well, yeah, because they're like, are you guys that. okay? Right. How are you doing? You right. okay? And I'm like, well, it pretty much sucks, <laughs> but. Never. If somebody's like going through a really hard time, 
the one question you shouldn't ask them is how are they? How are you doing? You know, because well, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm dying. She's dying. I have yeah, cancer. Not really a good plan. We're getting that, divorced. You know, this they, is that, bad. That they didn't know what to do. So I just, I just said, Hey, you know what? We, this is, uh, I, I think we actually told a couple of them, which shocked them. We're like, well, this was, this was our prayer. And they're like, what? And they're like, well, it was our prayer that she would be home surrounded mm-hmm. by friends and family. We wouldn't have 39 beeping machines. Yeah. And that, you know, she would be loved. Um, and held and cared for. Held and cared for, you know, for whatever time we had left. And they're like, did the doctors really? I said, yes, the doctors really said that. They said, if she has a big seizure, you know, don't bother bringing her to the emergency room because there's nothing they can do for her. Because the medications would then shut down her blood pressure and then yeah, she would Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. So, um, and they said after a certain point, which was very true, you would really not even have any idea whether she was having a seizure or not because at for the last what about 3 weeks maybe No three? the last uh she was she kind of lost she was in semi-conscious state for the last 3 weeks right. but like the last uh 24 hours yeah so she, she smiled for the last time on Christmas Eve yeah so and it then was uh she was gone on the 27th yeah so that was Polly. It was hard. There's a lot of emotions there. A lot, lot of, of emotions. emotions. And we're talking deep tragedy, deep tragedy, right? I can say that without crying right now, but it's like seriously deep tragedy. Like who wants to bury their child? This is not good. This is not a good place to be. And the thing that we had to learn was we had to talk about those emotions. We had to feel those emotions. There was crying. There was praying. There was going to adoration. There was talking to Father Barquette. There was talking to our friend Deacon. I mean, just... There was a lot. There was a lot of processing going on. And it was processing while saying goodbye. So it was complicated, right? Because she wasn't dead yet. And and so our lives I, have always been compl- complicated. Very simple about our lives. Always complicated. All right. Yep. So the reason why I chose like the most tragic moment is because we're not the only ones that have experienced these kind of moments of deep tragedy and had to figure out how to navigate our emotions around them. Because we still had a marriage to tend to. We had a house to take care of. We had a son to tend to. We had your job. We had, you know. I think you summed this up, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Well, there's breath in your body. There is work for you to do. Right. And, or your other favorite phrase is just do the next right thing. Right thing and, and love the person right in front of you. And that's what we did for three months. And that's where we learned it. Well, that's right. It wasn't so, I mean, I think it's something that sort of came instinctual to us, but we never like named it until then. No. You know? And then the third thing we kind of wanted to to talk about, you know, this idea of you've got to, you've got to greet the emotion. You got to meet the emotion, shake the emotion, say, and say, sit down and let's have a conversation. (laughs) Right. And walk through this hard time. And then Uh you've got to learn how to transform your mind. You have to learn how to fight it. Right. Okay. Or know the truth of it and put it in its place. Okay. And then the last part is tapping in to the spiritual power of it, tapping into the Holy Spirit. You got the power. I got the power. Uh-huh. You, you have said the tapping power. into the power. Right, because the Holy Spirit has seven seven gifts. Right. That he gives us and he has uh 14 or so fruits of those gifts, patience, gentleness, kindness. So I like your super cool scripture here, which oh. you covered up before I, did? I had a chance I am so to sorry. read it. There's a super I moved the notes. That I actually did not know the scripture, so I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Put that on a t-shirt too. This is 2 Timothy. Mm. Yeah, I'm always thinking about something to put on a t-shirt or coffee mug. It's because, you know, I'm a capitalist and I love America. 
This well. is from 2 Timothy 1.7. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Preach. Boom. Can I get an amen? We are not cowards. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Right? We are, amen. We are, we are not cowards. No. Um, we, we, and, and I don't say this lightly because I'm a huge coward when it comes to emotions and dealing with emotions and all the things. But um, I don't think of you as a coward. Uh, I'm not a big fan of like talking. You're not about a big emotions. fan of them, but you don't run away from them anymore. No, I just tamp those because down. of all. The, no, that is incorrect because your wife won't allow it. Well, that's true too. I see the emotion coming, and it's flashing on the, on the red lights. Do you see the RJF <laughs> on the resting Jerry face? Yes. yes. And I'll look at you and I'll be like, "Do we need to have a conversation about something?" And you'll be like, "No, not really." I'm like, "Well, obviously that's a yes." I'm fine, right? Oh, uh, what does fine mean? Okay, wait. She says that to me. She's like, "What's going on in your brain?" Oh Nothing. gosh, I'm somebody fine. handed the, me to this. Uh, handed this to me yesterday. I'm fine. Um, and she wrote it down, and I didn't. I don't have it by me. Fine simply means I'm frustrated. I'm incensed. I'm something else, something else. Um, instead, I want to say I'm good. Good is God stretched out. Get it? Well, you're going to put that on a t-shirt too. G-O-O-D. Good G-O. is God stretched out. So if somebody asks me how I'm doing, I say I'm good. I'm fine. Nope. I'm not fine. Or I could always say, well, fair to Midland. We have a dear friend who says that all the time. When you ask him how he's doing, he's very honest. He's like, today, it's been a hard day. And you just got to respect that. You're like, all right, I'm sorry. It's been a hard day. Is there anything I can do to make your day better? And it says, fair to Midland. Fair to Midland. <laughs> or as my daddy used to say, ain't, ain't pushing, pushing up, up dirt. dirt. So it's a good day. <laughs> That's a good day, right? It's a good well, day. right, when you can get out of bed in the morning. It's a darn fine day. It's a darn fine day. So that's sort of our our... So sum it up for me, baby. Take us home. <laughs> Boom. Come on. Land so if the there plane. Is work, if there is breath in your body, there is work for you to do. That's one. All right. Flip the script, baby. Whatever is there, ask God, is this true? What is true, Lord? And then you tell Satan to get off your lawn, right? And the last part is you practice those spiritual disciplines. You say those prayers. You get into a um, a rhythm of how you handle the big feels of what needs to happen for you. Like for my emotional well-being, after a talk, after I give a talk and I pour myself out as God has asked me to, like for the next several hours, I have to be in my pajamas, in a room by myself or with Jerry, but Jerry won't be talking. She is a theological wet dish rag. <laughs> just give and, her some jammies and, some and a cup tea. of tea. And and just walk away. And I will just, I will praise the Lord in my heart and thank him for the opportunity to love and minister to people. And then like nothing. So you've <laughs> got to take care of your, your because your, your emotions are directly related to your body, right? That's, it's, it's goes hand in hand. It's it's always there. So if there's breath in your body, there's work for you to do. Flip the script and tell Satan to get off your lawn and pray it up, man. Pray it up. Isn't that what Mark, what's his name says on Hallow all the time? Stay prayed up. Dude. I, have, I have nothing. And just remember that, that thoughts. Yes. Intellect. Intellect. Inform your emotions. Your emotions drive your action. Your action leads to the results. With me, without, without me. me. With, with me, me without, without me. me. Well done. Thank you. And now, I don't know if any of that made sense, but these are unscripted and just us talking. So we actually had some scripture written down. So good on Once us. Once again, we don't stick to the script. Nope. So hold on. 
I, I it's not the, the end. It's I not the get end. The phone number, dear. Oh, I was going to say, don't don't turn off the video yet. It's not the end of our. We have to do the not, not so, so newlywed newlywed game. game. Yes, I know that, dear. But first, I have to find our Google Voice number so that they can call us at five seven one three five four. 0351. That's right. 571-354-0351. You can text us. You can leave a message. You can call us with comments, things that you'd love us to talk about, things that you really want us to stop talking about if there is anything. <laughs> um, we love to hear from you guys. We love if you follow. Subscribe. On, subscribe. Leave excellent reviews. Hey, new thing. We're looking for sponsors. If you've got a little Catholic business or, you know, maybe a bacon business. <laughs> Bacon of the Month Club or a whiskey bit, a distillery. I would love to be, you know. Sponsored by a distillery. Sponsored by a good Catholic distillery. (laughs) Just saying. All Um, right. It is time for the not-so-newlywed, newlywed game. Jerry has come up with the question for this week on the fly. I'm very afraid. Well, today is, so, so as, as we are recording this podcast, today mm-hmm. is World Mewage Day. Mewage! It's so, what brings us together So I was trying today. to think of a good mewage question. Mm-hmm. So, um, because we're also starting this week, yes, yeah, shameless plug, this week we're starting our uh, Marriage Unboxed Challenge um, on the 14th, which is Valentine's Day and Lent. Lent. So you think you get the by priest the time to they put hear like this, a, little, a little heart shape of the ashes, you know? No. If Pollen. they do that, that is wrong. That is wrong, wrong, know, wrong. That was a Because joke. the greatest sign of love is the cross. Wow. Thank mm, you. You're welcome. Church lady. Isn't that special? <laughs> What's the question, Jer? Um, Okay, so Mewage. Yes. Um, What has been... Okay, okay, okay. okay, (laughs) Oh, boy. What has been the most challenging part of being married, and what has been the best part of being married? Being married in general or being married to you? Um, Just marriage in general. Let's leave personalities out of it for the moment. (laughs) Okay. Um, We are dumb, but we are not so dumb. The hardest the part of- The concept of marriage. What the hardest been part the of, best and the, and, the, and the worst, I guess, or something? So the worst part of marriage for me is lack of control. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Didn't, I actually did not see that answer coming. Okay, really? Go ahead. No, no, no. What did you think my answer would be? I have no, I have no idea. That's why I picked these questions. Okay. Um, con- lack of control. I have, to, I have to consult somebody else. I can't just do I mean, what I want to do. not unsurprising, given your personality <laughs> you. or three tablespoons thereof. There you go. Okay, the best part of marriage is that I I I have you. I mean, I I'm not alone. I You don't have to date. Oh Lord, please. Actually, we do date, dear. We just No, I meant like date date, like single date. Like what's that internet meme? The new you married people watching the dating scene today feel like you got on the last chopper out of Nam. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Last chopper out of Nam, baby. Or these days, I would say the last airplane out of Kabul. <laughs> um, okay. So I I have this beautiful, there is someone in my life, there's Jesus, and then there's someone in my life who loves me as much as possible next to Jesus. Okay. I'll buy that's, that. that's awesome. Okay. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing, and I'm so, so grateful for it. Okay, I'll buy that. It sometimes goes to battle with the control, but, <laughs> you know. Mm. All right, how about you? Uh, okay, so the most... In, the most Hardest thing. The hardest thing about being married is um, that sometimes you have to do, go to family functions that you don't really want to because... That's they, the hardest thing. Now, 
Well, actually, control is pretty good. I'll go with that because, um, you know, I. Guess there's good food at family functions. Sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd have to say control. Thank you. you, you because it's something that because we. Because you, you have to. Here, how, dude, why, it's wh- something we go to therapy for. Watch, okay. <laughs> watch, watch what I do here, see? Okay, I'm because watching. Because when you're in, when you have tr- true love, true mm-hmm. love, you put the needs of the other person above your own. You, Correct. You can't be. That's love versus lust. Selfish. Yeah. Right? Okay, so the good news is I have somebody who can make me chicken fried steak. That's the best part of being married? Chicken fried steak is pretty darn good. <laughs> no, the best part, the, the best part is that, uh, you know, I have- You I, snuggle I got, every night. I got snuggle buddies. I like snuggle buddies. buddies. Yeah. I'm only one. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, we're just going to leave that to your own uh, imagination oh there. And uh, yeah. I, I win. Podcast. podcast. I'm Mary. <laughs> who see? are you? <laughs> see? That. No, you got to tell them who you are. <laughs> I'm Jerry. <laughs> Moron. <laughs> we hope you'll come back after. <laughs> we hope the FCC will let us come back. <laughs> oh, wait, we're a podcast. We're not actually broadcasting. Okay. So good. Anyways, <laughs> until next time, thanks so much. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>